0: What's up, Conroe? Welcome back to the Nerd Thug family. This is Nerd Thug Radio, and I'm Corey DLG. And with me, as uh, always, little brother Nico. That's me. Well, uh, you guys may have missed us. We were in Houston, we were in Dallas, we were doing our thing. And now we are back, right here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations. Streaming worldwide, all over, IRLoneStar.com, and a million other things places, and peoples, it is Nerd Thug Radio.
1: It's, it's good to be back, right? Coming back to the place where you left a long time ago. We,
0: we've been away for I guess, a little over, I guess about a year, I want to say.
1: Yeah, but but we came back to our humble beginnings, our second beginnings? I don't know. Our
0: our third third chapter? <laughs> second chapter?
1: Yeah, I don't this know. This is the
0: fifth chapter? I'm not sure. We came back from a journey. Yeah. Basically, we left for milk and cigarettes, but unlike Dad, we did come back.
1: I was thinking more like the ending of the hero's journey where, like, the, the hero comes back and, like, is supposed to, like, reintegrate.
0: Oh, like he returns to the village and is, like, supposed mm-hmm. to live a normal life? Yeah. You know, like, one of the saddest... One of those was, uh... Obviously, my favorite uh fantasy story is the Dragonlance Companions. Mm-hmm. The War of the Lance. They, uh the original trilogy dragons of, uh, autumn twilight. And then I think it's, uh, winter frost and then like spring or something like that. Um, and in there, the 12, uh, there's, I think there's like 10 of them that, that start the journey. They get split up. Some of them are never going to see each other again. It's all said and done. One of the ones that comes back is, uh, Cameron Majir, and he comes back and he, he, marries Tika Whalen and he's like, he's the brother of the powerful sorcerer. He's the barbarian. He's the muscle of the group. Uh, but now they've saved the world and he's like, yeah, I got my wife, we did an adventure, we're rich, time to just live life. And so, like, he just goes around to taverns, like, reliving his glory days, kind of. Nice. Well, uh, just turns into, like, kind of this fat, saddish drunk a little bit. Um, And so, it takes a long time for him to, to find his form again.
1: Well, that's tough. I mean, you- I feel like that happens a lot, like,
0: Very rarely does, like,
1: the reintegration ever go well.
0: (laughs) Yeah, listen, I mean... (sighs) Al Bundy peaked in high school, and
1: so the whole
0: show of Married with Children is just about how awful his life is.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Like, if you peak too early, it's, it's a rough rest of your life, I guess. Okay, all right, so let's ask the question, Nico. First question of the show. All right. Would you rather save the world... At like nineteen, and then never do anything of merit again, or would you? And I mean, like the rest of your life, you're like, did I, did I, did I take the trash out? Like I forgot. Like literally, you do nothing of merit ever again, or uh be like a like a Spider Man type where you're kind of always helping people and stuff. But there's a lot of things going on above your pay grade.
1: Ah, man, that's a really tough. That's a really tough decision, right? Because like. I don't know how much you can live with yourself like like cuz now that I started working and like doing the th- the grind again I was like man I almost forgot like how good it feels to like be doing something you Or have like a goal that you're trying to accomplish. accomplish and I couldn't imagine like all right kid you did everything you you done there's nothing else after this
0: yeah, still like, gonna live, just like still going to live, like,
1: 60 more years of just absolutely nothing.
0: <laughs> uh, excuse me? <laughs>
1: yeah. They're, like, you're, like, 90 years, or you're you are 57, and they're, like, oh, what did you do? And he's, like, well, I saved the world when I was 19. They're, like, wow, did you do anything else?
0: And no, that's it. No, that's the whole story. I mean, like, I guess it would depend on, like, how big of a save the world is it. Like... Yeah, is it something
1: like, you saw the future, you stopped something from happening, no one else will know,
0: oh, but you single-handedly no, saved everyone? That would be way worse. I would not accept that one. I, w- I think I would let the apocalypse happen just to undo it, so everyone could be like, did you undo the apocalypse? I'm, yes, it did. Um, I I think, like, what if you, what if, like, you stop the alien invasion, but then, like, ten years later they come back, and this time, like, you don't have the super sword, and, like... The rest of the team is broken up and like the, the like the world has to fight the aliens all for three years like it doesn't matter anymore that you did it the first time
1: it's just you just get absolutely rocked for like i don't know like a century i don't know it's terrible <laughs> like they're like
0: didn't you didn't you do this last time i was like yeah that was like 30 years ago i don't like
1: i was like that was, what do you want yeah <laughs> that was a million years ago <laughs> doesn't that happen in like ender's game
0: I don't. Uh, I don't know. I never read the books because the guy had so much just drama going on.
1: Yeah, it was. It was. There was something like he. So he takes out the the aliens when they're like when he's like a kid.
0: Yeah, that's the movie. Like he calls it's like the alien bug apocalypse, and then feels bad about it.
1: Well, it's because they like in
0: the so in the book they're like it's like a training program that they put him through. Well, that's what they told him in the movie that it's a training simulation too, but it was actually real. Like he calls yeah. like tens of thousands of deaths.
1: Right, yeah, and then they're like, because like he takes it, he takes them all out, they're like, Yeah, they like start celebrating, like they won, and he goes, I just won the simulation, and then they're like, No, that was it, yeah, that was real, yeah,
0: because like 12. 12. No, but he's like, like Why he's you the tell him that it was? I don't think I would ever tell him the 12 year old, I, I would be like, Yeah, you did a good job, get out of there, like. Well, because it was such a big thing.
1: Also, it was was really dark in the book because, like, there was, like, specific squadrons that were assigned to, like, his classmates and, like, his friends. And so, like, he would feel bad sacrificing them. Like, they really messed with him. Like, it made him, like, really, like, conscious about it. That's rough, man. Yeah, and so, like, I don't even think... Because I read one of the later books in the series and it talks about how, like, it was a truly devastating thing that they've killed all the aliens. want want to being a bad
0: thing? Yeah,
1: like, they were, like... like Remember when Ender, like,
0: massacred an entire race of aliens? It's weird how genocide somehow plays out poorly for... Yeah, a, like, in that, the long run. That's weird. It's weird how it's, yeah. like, a bad thing. Why, why, why are we tripping over that? Like, just, just kill a whole race of things. It's no big deal.
1: <laughs> it's because they're scary, like cockroach aliens so we don't like them
0: bro i I gotta tell you man like more than likely whatever it is that shows up from space is not gonna be something we're happy to see yeah it's gonna be like gross squid people or like weird inside out man or something like it's not gonna be something where we're like yeah (laughs) that
1: we're even gonna be like prepared to even deal with there's a there's a there's a sci-fi novel series called uh oh the first book i forget what it's called like the what the series is called the first book is called the third body problem okay and and so the like the concept is that the aliens are like they're super far away but they have like they basically have access to like a like a dimension that connects all of space and they so like they're like oh and they what happens is they have this thing called like the dark particle that like messes with all of our calculations and all of our math so like like we've been we've been we've been figuring out physics wrong the entire
0: time <laughs> <laughs> but it's because they didn't want us to discover them Yeah I mean that actually probably plays out That's probably exactly what's happening right
1: and so they the humans are like trying to communicate with the aliens and eventually they get like they get one thing through and then one of the uh, one of the aliens like calls back and is like do not send a signal again uh, I'm a nice one they will kill you. <laughs> And then the the person goes, this person single-handedly caused the
0: apocalypse. They're like, I'm not being appreciated at my job. Send them. Yeah, I was about to say. And of course, humans being humans, there was one human who was like, eh, red button.
1: Yeah, so like, humanity, it's crazy because they find out that this alien race is like coming to exterminate them. But like, they're really, really far away. So like, ah, it's going to take them forever to get here. So, like, humanity goes through this, like, whole, like, boom and bust, like, they start building up to, like, all these, like, crazy super weapons, and then, like, humanity collapses back to the Stone Age, and then they do it a second time, before the aliens even show up one time.
0: <laughs> By the time the aliens get here, we don't even know what they're doing here. They're like, we're going well, to like, kill the humans? humans? You guys aren't them.
1: Yeah, so they rebuild the second time, and they build these, like, giant, like, freighters, and they're like, we're ready to take out the aliens. And they just send in one little, one little like drone, and we're like, oh, what's this? And then it just starts running through all the ships and killing everyone, and it completely wipes out all of them. And they're like, well, that was the worst trade deal of all time.
0: (laughs) That was our solution. So, what else we got?
1: It's crazy. Like, the aliens in that one are like insane. Just because it's so, like, 'Cause that's how it would go. Like we're we're so we're such a garbage species if you compare to like anything that could travel any kind of these distances.
0: <laughs> well, especially when we don't have like our best and brightest minds working on stuff. You know, like at Comic Palooza I stumped a NASA scientist. So clearly I should have his job.
1: Yeah. Like that's how it works. That's how, it's, just, that's... It, it's basically a giant everything is just a trivia game show, and if you don't know the answer, that person is now the smartest
0: person alive. I don't like, I don't know how else we should even think to do it. Like don't. I like to imagine that's how
1: Marvel does their knowledge rankings.
0: <laughs> Dad, you really don't like the ranking system.
1: Like the DC this is the one time I'll give DC credit. Like that makes way more sense.
0: They just rank their intellects.
1: Yeah, they're like, "Oh, this is like a, this is this guy's this guy's real smart, but he's a third-level intellect. This guy's a fifth-level intellect." It's like, "Oh, okay, this guy's like real smart."
0: Yeah, and I think Brainiac 5 Legion is like the only 13th level intellect in the galaxy or something. Yeah like
1: because he's he's got so much knowledge and so much you know he's connected to so many different things and whatever like that would make sense because he's like a crazy giant hive mind.
0: (laughs) Right yeah he's like the living version of Brainiac essentially like I I think Brainiac tries to gain sentience and he's what comes out of it and he winds up being the only good Brainiac in the lineage. Like that, but I—I I mean, I, I kind of like the brain. I get what you're saying, like, a, like just putting levels on it and just letting it be like. But in Marvel, because the heroes fight each other kind of so regularly, like it doesn't. It would be kind of annoying to call it all a tie, like, oh, Mister Fantastic and Tony Stark and Hank Pym are all ninth level intellects. Yeah, but like they obviously have expertise in different
1: things. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Hank Pym and, like, I guess, like, particles and stuff, but, like, science isn't always that, you know, like, applicable to each other. Like, yeah, they talk to each other, but, like, they're like, I know this a
0: lot, but I don't know this at all. (laughs) What are you trying to say? Are you trying to say that Hank Pym wouldn't be able to talk someone out of, like, uh, an expensive item because he doesn't know people? Yeah uh but you but you're saying if someone's a 12th level intellect
1: yeah they probably they probably know a lot more about everything
0: i don't man i don't know that's the (laughs) only problem is it doesn't like even though they use different systems they're both equally poorly explained yeah like they're both they're both poorly explained for sure like but i like the ranking system i like the idea that that someone in the marvel (laughs) universe is the smartest guy
1: yeah, and, like, that's the thing is, like, but we also know that Brainiac's the smartest guy because he's the only one at that level. Like, if that, that, that 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 application still applies.
0: Well, no, because he may not be the smartest. See, now it's, now it's how do you, what do you, like, how do we want to define these things, right? Like, being a 13th-level intellect doesn't mean that he's smarter than someone who's a 12th-level intellect. It means that, like, he can compute things at a faster rate. I mean, like, maybe. I don't know. I think. I mean, I, I, I. I could be all wrong about it. Maybe it does mean he knows more.
1: I just assume that's how it worked. But I, like, again, like, I could be wrong. I just think it's silly that Marvel has a ranking system. It's just like, what this... does Albert
0: Einstein say about goldfish and puzzles? He's got a really great quote about that.
1: Oh, I don't know. Can goldfish solve puzzles?
0: Yeah, well, it was something along the line. You. You might be a genius, but if you're studying the wrong thing, like if you're not in your field of of comfort or expertise, like you may as well be a golfist trying to solve puzzles, kind of a thing.
1: Yeah. And that's what I'm, that's what, that's basically why I think the ranking system is silly because it's like, is Hank Pym and like Reed Richards really on the same level about the same things? But
0: wouldn't it make it a funnier kind of bit, like if Hank Pym and Gambit cross paths and Gambit keeps just playing Hank Pym? Like Hank Pym falls for every con in the book?
1: Well, yeah, because Hank Pym wouldn't be the smartest person in the galaxy. Or
0: mm-hmm. the right, but like, he's like fourth, right? So like, but Gibb is just like street smart, like... Street smarts! Street smarts! I know where every street is. They're yeah, like, wow. You're yeah. such
1: an encyclopedic knowledge of this is a specific town. <laughs> yeah. I
0: am the king of these streets.
1: Hits him with like a like a sleight of hand trick, and he's like, "Whoa, how'd you do that?"
0: Whoa, I like to
1: imagine. I like to imagine nothing catches them off guard, but then like they they like trip over a rock or something because they weren't paying attention,
0: <laughs> or somebody moves one thing in their city.
1: Yeah, like knowledge is so powerful that they know everything. But like, oh man, that's a that was one thing I really liked about one of the forty k. Uh, one of the like. One of the, like, demon gods is, like, the god of knowledge. Okay. And he's, like, little avatars. They know everything that happens in the future and everything that's going to happen in the air er, Everything that has happened in the past and everything that's going to happen in the future. But because
0: they see so much, they don't understand the present very well. Okay, so that's the aliens in uh, Inception. Not Inception, uh, Interstellar. I was gonna say there's
1: aliens in Inception, and I lose
0: my mind. Yeah, you don't remember that Leo dreams aliens, no, and in in, in Interstellar, yeah, where Matthew McConaughey is in the, the fifth dimension, the gravity dimension. But because he can see time as a unique, specific point, he's able to time travel while in the gravity dimension.
1: I, I never understood that part. Oh, yeah. I'll be honest with you, Chief. That uh, that movie's a little bit above my uh, my honestly.
0: Interest. So the first time I saw it, I was drunk, and when he when that part hits and the robot kind of explains what Matthew McConaughey's looking at, I was like, I was like, oh my god, this is the greatest thing ever! Like I was. Then the next day, I was kind of sober and thinking about it, and I was like, no, I must have misunderstood it. Like no way did they really kind of like nail it, like because that to me that is what time travel would look like. Um,
1: infinite gravity dimension,
0: like an infinite kind of like you just kind of scroll through until you find what you want, and you're kind of separate from time, because Matthew McConaughey doesn't age during that whole experience. But that would have taken him forever to put all of the data of the universe in Morse code onto a watch. Yeah, you know, so like this concept that they that they were able to kind of dumb down for a movie, like that's crazy. So I was sober, and I was like, I must have just drunk misunderstood him. So then I watched it again, and I was like, no, man, like, that's pretty great. Also, when people play the music to Interstellar on stuff, like, there's a whole YouTube thing where people, like, spontaneously play it, like, on pianos in public or whatever. Mm -hmm. The song really gets your attention.
1: Yeah, it's because it's like it's eerie and like
0: awe-inspiring almost. And then like there's like little repetitive bits. It's very like almost hypnotizing. Like, it, it, you pay attention to it as it plays. Yeah, it's a
1: that movie. I feel like it just doesn't get like
0: I know it's universally praised, but like I feel like it should get more. Is it universally? I feel like a lot of people because that's kind of the last one Nolan made for a minute. I think that a lot of people were kind of like, "What's going on? I don't get it."
1: Yeah, well he made that. Well didn't he make uh what was that? What was that movie? Tenet, I think.
0: Oh him? yeah, 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 yeah. He did Tenet after that and people that was the one that really I don't like Tenet at all.
1: Yeah, that was the one where he lost people because uh, it's it's real complicated. He went he went hardcore in the reverse.
0: Well and, and I time would love I would love to boot. find out how they filmed it. Because when you watch it, there's parts of the movie I think I've said this before, like I don't know. Enough people have told me that I'm weird or different that I know that my brain works differently. Mm -hmm. Uh, Watching Tenet, the fight scene where the guy fights himself. I won't say where and when, but it's in two different parts of the movie, obviously, because the movie's about time travel. Um, So when the guy fights himself, the first time you're watching it, half of the fight is backwards. The other guy is literally, like it's backwards to him the whole exchange. And I'm like, my my brain was noticing that he wasn't moving right. And I was like, why is it doing this? Is this edited weird? Like what's happening? And so like, I didn't. So then when he comes back and they show that scene again and he's fighting and this time you're seeing it from the other guy's point of view. So now the other guy is moving backwards, but now you understand what's happening. I was like, Oh, that's interesting. But then i like, my brain was still rejecting it because it was so weird. One person's in forward motion, one person's in backwards motion. Both times you watch it,
1: oh, that's got to be trippy.
0: Like so I think like, it's just more impressive. Like I'm not saying that's like visionary stuff, but like I don't know. I mean, I, I'd be I'd be okay with someone calling that visionary stuff because I don't even understand how they filmed it.
1: I'm just saying that like he got more flack for that than than Zack Snyder did for making a 12 hour movie. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Uh, probably because they don't do a great job of explaining it. Also, they do some weird stuff that's like overly simple.
1: Yeah, but at least the movie wasn't four hours, and that's then true. they made, it, and then they made an even worse version that's even longer in grayscale, and no that one is, complained. That is true. I want to
0: stab someone. It's literally the worst <laughs> decision of my entire life. I don't know how anyone ever made it here. And you know what's funny is even still there's little bits of it that like somehow it's Joss Whedon's the bad guy.
1: Yeah, no. In, in every circle everyone goes, yeah, this movie's good now. Like as if it fixed anything.
0: Yeah, no. And Zack Snyder himself, I watched an interview he did where someone was like, you love slow motion. And he proceeded to say he doesn't even like slow motion. And that if you really looked at it, his slow motion is probably only a couple minutes of his work. But if you recall, they went back and it was like Twenty five percent of Justice League was in slow motion.
1: Yeah, because he's lying. Because everyone lies to him.
0: <laughs> I just, I just think he.
1: D- I'm, I'm, I'm know. convinced. He thinks he's awesome. Yeah, everyone else tells him he's awesome.
0: That's probably even though say, he's but, not great. But the reality is, it can't be true. Because man, this is going to be. No, I'm not going to say it. It's too mean. It's too mean.
1: You be mean to Zack Snyder as if I'm going to be the one to stop you.
0: No, like it's real mean what I was about to say. So okay, not, all right. <laughs> I'll, let you, like, I'll let you live that one down. It's, it's gonna be, it would be real bad. But it, like, if you don't have a soul, you already had this thought. When when somebody says Zack Snyder's uh, so good that no one tells him he's bad, uh, you immediately, the joke almost writes itself. So that's why I'm not gonna say it. It's mean. It's super, it's the worst thing you can say. So I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, yeah. Don't, uh, don't, don't say it, but it is but true. This is there's definitely been some indicators in his life that maybe he's not the greatest thing ever.
1: Like he made so many terrible movies and everyone just still loves him.
0: Yeah. There's kind of a weird thing. Also somebody did a thing where like, there's this angle that Superman takes where he punches stuff mm-hmm. in every movie where he's flying at it and then he punches it. Yeah. in all three of the Superman films that Snyder did. Yep. So, like, they call it, like, the Superman point of view or something. And I was like, well, that is stupid. Like, maybe the first time you do it to show off how cool it is to be Superman. But don't keep doing it. Like, hey, remember that thing I did in the first movie? We're going to do it again.
1: The thing is that he's just going to keep doing it because no one's going to tell him that it's not
0: cool. (laughs) Yeah. Just bit after bit after bit, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, this is the first show back from our July break. Basically, took a break in July. Um, we haven't talked about Comic Palooza.
1: Nope.
0: Um, oh, I guess let's start there. How did you enjoy yourself? Was it a fun time? Oh, absolutely. I, I, it's always
1: it's always a grand time. I love Comic Palooza so much. Uh, this year was was definitely better than last year. That's that's a. I mean, to be fair, it's not much of a bar, but it is improved.
0: Th- I think it's easy to say last year was the worst year of Palooza, So yes, this year being better was nice.
1: Yeah. But I mean like it's always fun and it's always, you know, real great energy. Um still weird. I think there's still a few things I need to iron out. Maybe I blame I blame the city because you can't let governments do anything.
0: <laughs> Especially because like the attention to detail needed is so important in these conventions. Yeah, I almost feel like maybe we should apply for the job of guys who run Comic Palooza. I don't want that job because I want to sleep at night. But like, no, I totally want that job because I would take like sixty grand to actually make it a good convention.
1: I guess that's fair. Like it's, like it's great. It's a great time. Like if you if you ever get a chance to go to go to the one next year, it's it's not going anywhere. It's for sure.
0: No, it's definitely not. Um, and I liked the attention they had. I think you know. There was a good amount of people that used all three floors again. Um, I feel like last year was just a recoup money year. Listen, they had only recently bought the show out completely, and then COVID hit. So I felt like last year they were kind of like, no refunds, no honorings. We're just trying to get through this. Um, This year was a much better year. Uh, The floor was full. There was a lot going on. There was a lot Mm -hmm. of fun stuff. Um, There was a lot more variety, which I was very appreciative of. There's a lot more what?
1: Variety. Like there's more things there.
0: Yeah, I think I think they're sort of opening the door back up for Comic Palooza to be just a nerd celebration.
1: Which I mean like has always been the goal, and I feel like moving any specific direction.
0: Uh I would have I this was pointed out to me by Michaela of Adventure Begins. Um that and this is a good point. This is a great point. Um there weren't Professional comic book creators as guests this year. Yeah, Remember H- last year they had Chip Zdarsky and somebody else as like official guests with like signings scheduled and stuff like that.
1: Uh, I didn't even, I didn't even, I didn't even pick up on that. Now that you mentioned it.
0: Huh. Yeah. So there were comic book uh, artists there, but they had them in that first row of like artist alley next to the celebrity stuff. And they didn't have them like scheduled events.
1: Yeah, which is interesting, but like, I don't know. I feel like I feel like American comics has just taken such a downturn in the past few years that like it's
0: not surprising. Was well, such a weird Ugh, thing. I, I you know what? We've got a ton of time. I guess we can go ahead and kind of go this way with it. So, I am of the opinion, and I think this might be a dangerous opinion. That stores for comic books, the direct market stores are becoming less and less relevant because the direct market is becoming less and less relevant. You know, if you look, Marvel's already moved over to a bookstore distributor. DC has done the same with the with their own comic shop distributor. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go against that one. Specifically. Well, so here's why I say it. Yeah, The sales are up across the board in comic books, individuals, and in graphic novels. The bigger jumps are in graphic novels.
1: Which makes sense.
0: Because they're in more places. Bookstores yeah. and everything else. The floppies, while they are up in sales, it's the direct market itself numbers are down. So the comic shops are selling less comic books. But overall, floppies are selling more. So, what that means is other places are growing their opportunities for comic books, but comic shops are shrinking their opportunities for comic books. So I think, and this is this is also me as an independent creator, it is impossible to get books into stores. Mm-hmm. If you're not a publisher in Diamond. Or Marvel or DC, then they don't want to make books. They don't want to put your books on the shelf. They don't want to make room for you. Yeah, and 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 I mean, like, there's... A lot of these are small businesses, family-owned,
1: like, they have the margins to worry about. And if they are buying things that aren't selling, that is a really bad hit for them.
0: True, but the problem is they buy things that don't sell from everyone. So, you know, like, you don't know what's going to hit or not hit, so you buy... All the Batman titles and all the Marvel titles and all the Image books and all the this. Yeah, because they're because they're quote unquote safe. Right, but you're still going to get stuck with things that no one wants. Yeah, there's still going to be that random Spider Man book that's not selling or whatever it is, and you. Yeah, you're telling
1: me you don't want Bat Family, but it's just like the third cousin of some guy. Okay, in Italy,
0: so (laughs) it's it's Battonio. Yeah, uh, it's
1: Bentonio, and he's, like,
0: stopping, like, stopping lasagna crimes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mamma mia, where's the sauce? Uh... <laughs> That's not racist at all. It's legit. Yeah, it's no. all legitimate. Um... Italian's what we made it all. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the mob is going to find you for that one. Uh, but, no, yeah, I do. I, I so, put, I put Italian Batman on the, on the scene. That's true. He didn't exist until this very moment. No, someone did like a count. And I think last month it was like DC was shipping like 44 titles or something. And something like 18 of them were Batman or Batman family uh, books. Good Lord. And yeah, then it was the like, books two, bad. yeah. And then it was like two Wonder Woman, three Superman books. What do you think? Are they saturating the market?
1: I feel like this has been a problem for, like, a decade, though.
0: It is, but, like, okay, so here's my thing. I think the big two, uh, they see their market share shrinking, and they don't want to say that it's because there are these good indie books coming out. And there are. There are great indie books. Seven Secrets was great. It just wrapped up. Um, Saga is coming back. Uh, There's all these, you know, there's great, great indie. The Walking Dead was consistently in the top ten when it was in print. So these indie books are propelling these smaller publishers up. Well, if they're coming up, something has to go down. So obviously Marvel and DC were shrinking in in market share, but they don't want to admit it. So instead of just saying this is good for comic books, they started leaning on what was selling and doing more gimmick stuff, but then doing more, you know, I think now there's like four Avengers titles. Uh, There's, you know, three spider-man books there's seven x-men books there's 14 batman like you know what i mean like they're trying to find whatever it works and then hold the magnifying glass over i think harley Quinn and poison ivy are in four or five different books between the two of them
1: simultaneously
0: every month there's like
1: you can't like
0: this is why
1: people are mad at comic books this is why people this is why younger people don't get into them They're, they'd rather just buy the trades and just read individual stories because it's just so much to keep up with
0: right and there's and there is a lot and that's to
1: outside it. of and that's outside of a financial incentive too because oh. comic books aren't cheap boy I don't even want to like like so... 14 Batman books if you are
0: a diehard Batman fan
1: and you want every single issue
0: so that's between 3.99 and 599 per book, like depending on which book it is. And we'll just, we'll just say like, we'll just say average five. So So, yeah. So that's, that's $70 a month just on the Batman books.
1: Yeah. Nothing else. And you still have to read them. Like, it's not like you buy them and the knowledge goes straight to your brain.
0: (laughs) That would be a little bit more convenient. It is a weird thing to be like, and you have to read them, but you're right. And you have to read them. Like they don't read themselves. That would be the thing. Like, X-Men Red number two, tell me about yourself. And then, like, you lay down and pull the covers up. <laughs>
1: like, it, 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 like, holographically tells you the story. <laughs> that's, the it's like, it's, it's the, it's the storybook from, uh, Treasure Planet in the opening scene.
0: There you go. When are we getting to that? Like, that's what we're waiting for. You know what? You know what's close to that, but we'll, we'll, it'll still be five years away. Augmented reality.
1: Man, it's so close to being good, but it's just not.
0: (laughs) And it's just so far away. But it is close to being good, and that's kind of that's the kind of stuff that it'll have.
1: Yeah, because I mean, like that's what it is. That's what
0: it's all about.
1: But then, like, it'll be way too late after. Like,
0: I don't know, man. It would be cool to be the guy. Like, I keep trying to find the thing that people are getting into because that's where I want to tell my stories at. So, like, it would be neat to to be on the front of something, but I. I'm always wrong, so like I'm I'm just like, <laughs> just making comic books like, people don't want to read these. Oh, oh,
1: all right. So like yeah, comic books is great. They're really hard to get into.
0: <laughs> I had somebody yesterday. A re- I made a Reddit post two years ago when I released DMA issue one, yeah. talking about like the journey so far of what I've invested into comic books, how long it took me to make, them, blah 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 blah. So it's talking about, I guess, about three different issues of work at that point. And somebody today, or no, it was last week, they put a they put a comment on Reddit where they were like, hey, I just wanted to thank you for this post. It was really interesting. I liked you to talk about the business of it. But I think a lot of this is probably more about you than about the business of comic books. Like, I just went and checked on your website, and it's not active anymore. And I was like, yeah, it's two years old. <laughs> Nobody bought the book. So, yeah, the website's not up. Like, what
1: you... That was a long time ago. Yeah. And, like, okay, I partially blame the fact that uh, the world is uh, had basically two years of garbage. And, like, yeah. this is the year that things happen normally again.
0: <laughs> yeah, I am okay. curious to see where things go. I've got a couple books. So, all my books right now, you can read them digitally on globalcomics.net. And so, I've got it labeled as Nerd Thug Comics, and Man. so that's where they're listed. And I made the first issue of each one totally free for people to read. Um, but yeah, I'm curious where it goes next, and I don't know what it's going to be like. Um, you know, in my head, I, 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 you know, I would like to, I would like to have an idea before everyone else, and just be able to be like with it when it happens. So like, they're like, oh, and there's already content here from this guy Corey, but I never, I'm never right. So like <laughs> I'll just keep making comic books and, and watching. I actually set in on the first panel for Comicsology when it was announced in Dallas. Nice. And the big get that they had was Red Five's Atomic Robo. The creator had agreed to upload his library of work oh, man, onto, Atomic onto, Robo. onto 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 Comicsology. I remember sitting there and, like, it wasn't free yet. I remember sitting there at that instant and I was like, can independent artists submit their books to you? And he was like, I did not even have a book made. But, like, immediately in my head I was like, oh, my God, this guy is totally skipping paper. That's the most expensive step. Like, this is where independent books should go. It was digital. And he was like, nah, man. And it was, like, five years before they were ever set up to go indie.
1: Like, what, like, it, it goes to show you that, like, some people just aren't in touch with, like, things that are happening. Well, and, like, they
0: were so focused on getting the big companies, DC, Marvel, Image, blah, 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 that it was, like, such slow rowing. If you remember, we, Comic Blitz sponsored us for a couple months. Yeah. You know, um, in our very beginning. And they weren't ready for independent books either. Like, that should be your first thing
1: yeah i mean i think that's kind of like the glory of like webtoons and where that platform is like absolutely exploded
0: right because the first that's thing the whole bit. The creators <laughs> put their stuff there and they look at other creators as work so then creator a and creator b are both on this same platform and they're reading each other's works and all that and like oh this is cool and then from there it's kind of blending audiences and stuff
1: yeah and not only is it blending audiences they understand that like the business of content creation like you have to invest into your creators too.
0: Right. Absolutely. I think I, I think it would be great if Global Comics started offering like grants or scholarships or something like
1: that's like what something, I think is the
0: next step for some of these guys.
1: Yeah. Because I mean like that's, that's like outside of like direct physical sales it's really hard or like maybe even like if you wanted to be like the online subscription services or like Patreon or things like that.
0: Yeah, I always say that. Like, but I don't know, man. That's a tough row for us. Like, I don't know that it would be a good fit for anything that we do. But let me let me ask you this about this business model, and I'll tell you why I asked. How okay. would you feel about the company has a free option and a like five ninety nine premium reader option, and then the premium reader money goes into a pool and based on percentages of premium pages read that's how payouts happen versus letting the customers just buy each book individually at whatever price the individual creator sets
1: I mean that's that's hard (sighs) I think you'd you'd kind of want to go with almost a mix of both, but like, so like specific things you want from the creator, like, oh, I want the special edition of this, but I like the idea of the free reader and the paid reader. I don't know. Both of those are
0: really good options, I think. So what Global Comics does is they do a paid reader option.
1: That makes sense.
0: So like you as a reader can sign up for a premium option. And anything that's behind the paywall, you can't read unless you pay $4.99 a month. Me as a creator, as I upload my content, I can upload it for free or upload it as premium. Um, anything I've got behind the premium paywall, as payers read it, it tracks how many page reads I get. And then that's counted as a percentage from the pool. The problem is, is as a creator, is I have no concept of like what... Like, how many pages are getting read or anything?
1: Yeah, and, like, the the main issue with that one, I think, is is really comes down to, like, transparency. Because, I mean, like, it was the same thing with, like, uh, TikTok had, like, a creator fund. And so, like, but it was, like, $2 billion. But, like, that was split among, like, percentages to each creator. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, by the time we get to it now, because I think they announced that, like, two or three years ago. Like, and now, like, TikTok payouts are, like, absolute garbage. Like, you're people with millions and millions of views and they get, like, 2K.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't feel right about that. Yeah. Well, and you're right. Like, I do want to know. Here's what I would want from my email from Global Comics. I would like an email that's just straight up says, like, uh, hey, this month in the pay pool was $1,000. Even if it's only 1000 I don't care. That's fine. They're a growing company. I get it. Like, they announce new acquisitions all the time. I get it. They're working their way up. But even if even even if the paypal is $80, paypal, $80 this month, um, the total number of premium pages read were 2,000 pages. And then it's like, okay, well, then that means every page got like, you know, a quarter of a cent. Okay, I get it. Like, that's why my 12 premium pages that were read didn't get any money. Like, okay, fine. But, like, I want to see that so that I, I can at least know – then I can even know how Global Comics is doing. Because that's the other thing. If I'm a publisher on there, I need to know how it's going. Yeah,
1: it's it's hard to it's hard to invest a hard like a lot into a platform if it's not doing well.
0: Yeah. That's also, also
1: that's also fair.
0: Also something that makes me uncomfortable is there's a premium level for the publisher as well.
1: Mm, that's where it starts getting
0: I don't like that. I don't like that at yeah. all. I don't want to put money in and I'm giving you content because I am giving you content.
1: Right, yeah, that's like the exchange. That's why YouTube. That's why you're uploading YouTube videos. Right.
0: You. I don't want to pay you and give you content, and I'm paying like if you pay them, it's to put up a link to where you can buy the physical copies of the books. But as near as I can tell, I can't even sell digital copies of the books on Global Comics. So I'm not sure why. Yeah. I, why would
1: I? Why would I pay for a feature that anyone could go to by going to any of my ever links ever ever. Yeah, it's just a terrible system. Why would you ever pay for that? Yeah. I know SoundCloud... I know SoundCloud does, like... If you pay them, you can, like, upload, like... But that's for, like... I know for a fact that they have, like... Sound quality, like,
0: requirements and stuff. and like. Well, and even there, what I'm sure you're paying for is, like... It might sound bad, but, like, a bigger net. A wider reach. More ability to upload more songs. Like, you can upload four songs a month for free, anything over that you need to pay for.
1: Right. So like, even that like makes sense.
0: Yeah. Cause especially if I'm an indie artist, like, yeah, I'll put up a song a week. That's fine.
1: And like, Oh, I really want to upload this song and it's going to be absolutely
0: massive because it's all the masters and it's
1: a billion gigs or whatever.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. Like this is the, this is the giant file version of this. Okay. Yeah. Then I need to pay extra to upload it. I, okay. Okay that makes sense too but yeah i just that's sort of there's like this weird direction right now where i don't know which way things are gonna go and obviously everything's trending digital but there is yeah it's not
1: like the internet's going away guys no yeah but there's shocking news the internet still exists (laughs) the
0: internet is here forever there is this weird pause though where where it felt like the internet was going to keep growing exponentially more important to the point where like print was going to go away. There has been sort of a dig in and print has kind of stayed strong.
1: I I think, I think that uh, that connects to people's like, like not necessarily want need for physical items, but like people's desire to have physical things. Because there, there are people that are like, I want to live in the digital world. I don't care and about they go the like digital. full
0: on digital. They buy a Kindle, they never buy a book again.
1: Yeah, they buy a Kindle, they'll never buy a book again. But like some people are just like, I love having my books on the shelf. I love feeling the pages. Like I really like this author, so I bought the hardbacks or whatever.
0: No, and I do think that is, I mean, there is sort of, and I think, you know, what's interesting is music, which was the first industry to really just jump full digital. Uh-huh. they still have a big vinyl thing happening.
1: Yeah, vinyl, even CDs and stuff. Like, not everyone has a hookup in their car. or I don't know if i have even
0: seen a CD in 10 years. I have three in my car. <laughs> I guess that's not true. I think I have a CD in my car. But beyond that, I, yeah, maybe I should start making CDs again. Where do I find blank CDs now? Are they like a million for $10 at this point?
1: Yeah, probably.
0: Or did they go the other way because no one's buying them now?
1: Now they're a million dollars for, like, one.
0: Yeah. Like, now when you go to Walmart, and they're like, a three-pack, $25. And you're like, these used to be $200 for $6. Like, <laughs> Man, inflation's
1: they, really hitting us hard.
0: They used to sell, like, giant toilet or paper towel roll, like, size Science. stacks yes. of, of blank CDs for, like, $4.99.
1: Yeah, I know. I found a ton of them. <laughs> like, throwing stuff out. Oh, just- there's just like a mountain of blank CDs.
0: <laughs> Why? Uh-huh. Neither one of them burned anything ever. No. Nope. Why? Nope.
1: <laughs> we used it like a grand total of like four
0: times. Uh, man, when I went to when I was in high school, there was a kid a grade over me, and I don't remember his name now for the life of me, but I wish I did. He was an industrious little dude. Okay, now you got to remember this is. This is year 2000 to 2001, my junior year. He's a senior this kid. And this kid is selling CDs to the point that he is he is literally going to bed at like 2:30 in the morning cuz he's burning so many CDs. He has a rack of burners now set up on his on his tower at this point and is and is selling like 30 to 40 CDs a day in school. He has a wait list when you give him orders. Yes. Um, and he literally, anything. Movies, music, albums, anything.
1: That's incredible.
0: One That's time amazing. I just, there was just like, like I could make my own CDs, but there was like a couple of songs that had just come out and like, it took me forever to download songs and I was working, so I had money, so I was like, I gave he would charge like per CD. If it was a music CD, it was like X amount. If it was a movie, it was X amount. But both were really low numbers. Um, Cause it didn't take him anything to do this. Um, although this is the era of dial up. So his downloading was probably insane. Um, but like, I just wanted like four songs. It's like, this is really all you want? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, I'll just, I'll just do this for free. I already have all the songs on my computer. <laughs> I was like, okay. But he said it in such an exasperated way that like, I would even waste his time ordering just four songs. <laughs> and then another time I bought a movie from him. And he's like, yeah, I'll have it for you like two days. And I was like, oh, I thought you already, I heard you say it's something someone you already had. He goes, yeah, but there's people ahead of you on the list.
1: Like that guy, that guy was ahead of the game.
0: That dude was, I mean, a stack. That guy was making a stack of money. And this is, this is when you still had to buy blank C D. Like, I don't know how many blank CDs that guy was buying. I can't even imagine.
1: He was he was just like a he was just a blank CD fiend. He just had a trillion of them. And he, he, he invested in blank CD stocks. Like
0: And he could set it up by middle of the year. I forgot about this until we're talking about it now. He could set it up to where you could just put it in a player and it would play or it would run like a disc. You know, like you would open a CD ROM and you could like click on it to play movie file that was on the ROM. And it would read it like a disc, or you could just put it in a DVD player and it would he had built a start screen for it. Yes.
1: Like, that's incredible. Literally that's it, a lot of ingenuity. Wow, that's really impressive.
0: And <laughs> but it all wasn't just said play on the front, but it had a button now that was activated, so like from a remote, you could play this DVD. <laughs> it so was cool. Kid had his stuff together. There you go. But, like, oh man, I went to school with some weird cats. Like, the kids who were in the grade above me were crazy. They were wild crazy. They were all in band together, but they were all weird smart. So They were all in the weird, like, smart classes with me, like all the above-grade, like, tier four programs and stuff. Uh-huh. So all of us grew up together, like, grade-wise and all that. So we always all knew each other. We always we were in classes together and stuff. But they were, like, crazy weird. One of the other ones, uh, he wanted to lose, like, 40 pounds, and what he did was he ate one apple every other day.
1: I mean, I guess that's a way to do it. That sounds awful. He
0: he had done the math on calories from an apple. And he would time it to where on the second day when he would start to feel weak, he would, like, eat the apple really quickly. I, I
1: mean, did it work?
0: Yeah. Yeah. He dropped, like, 40 pounds. And... He didn't get it back before we all like broke for their graduation. So as far as I know, I never saw the kid again. I mean, he might have developed an eating disorder by now. I don't know. But at the time, what he was doing, while Nerd thug Radio does not recommend this, like he was talking about it in class. Like people were like, How are you feeling today? He's like, Oh man, I got a massive headache today, but today's an apple day. So when I start to tunnel, I'll just eat the apple and I'll be fine. When
1: I start to tunnel. Yeah. Imagine starving yourself. Couldn't be me, dog
0: so like he was eating once like every 36 to 40 hours
1: that's insane to me like that's definitely not healthy like no
0: and here's the thing though again they're in bands so he's in like the marching band they're like out there doing stuff
1: yeah that's like and that's hard especially (laughs) in it's texas it's the like it's
0: it's, yeah it's hot hot. it it was october it was still 90 degrees yeah for sure
1: yeah
0: he's slamming bottles of water to stay alive but like yeah an apple every other day that's what
1: he did that's unreal they were unreal
0: crazy smart like these kids were like weird smart and then the one of them the one valedictorian was uh he actually went to mit to give you an idea of like how crazy smart this group ahead of and like comfortable they were with being weird smart yeah like it was nuts also nice. one of them i think she basically blackmailed her way into an african-american scholarship because she was egyptian
1: okay, but that totally counts. He's literally African-American.
0: <laughs> right, but like, when they would That's do the interviews... That's not what they meant. Yeah, when they would do the interviews for the scholarships, they would be like... Ugh. And she like, would power through, and then she would write like these really eloquent thank you notes post every interview. Like, she talked about it one time, like, we're all in a... But then we weren't, there weren't like the standard core class. We're already done with all that stuff. We're, we're sitting in a statistics class. And it's a mix of them that are graduating and us juniors that just took it early. And so, like, listening to them, they were just so crazy, the stuff they would do. So she was like, yeah, I'll write these letters, thanking them, blah, 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 and reminding them that Egypt is in Africa.
1: <laughs> it's like, is true.
0: I like, okay, I mean, you're not wrong.
1: <laughs> like, I'm 100%. Five for your right. Five for yours. Uh, if you don't think you belong there, uh who cares? <laughs>
0: yeah i mean it was just uh they were they were a crazy group of people man they were nuts uh but they turned like they were industrious man like they could they would just yeah man the kid he was telling like he was bringing like 40 cds to school a day and i think it was just like it was either three or five dollars if i remember right so even that though you're talking about like like two hundred dollars a day in cds like yeah like he
1: covered his cost in like two weeks.
0: can You imagine turning a G a week, selling burnt. But again, no one else in the school knew what they were doing. Like it, it just started all of this, and this crazy little tech geek had figured it out. I mean, that's
1: that's that's every that's every tech G story,
0: right? Yeah, I had I had an eight song MP3 player. Okay, it took me a week to download the eight songs to put on it. <laughs> and it was a shuffle, like, it was, like, for walking or jogging, because I used to walk to Domino's, where I worked in the front of my neighborhood, and, like, I could never get it to play the songs in any order. It would always only shuffle. Meanwhile, this guy's turned into an empire of selling burned CDs, like...
1: Yeah, he's got, he's got 17 CD burners hooked up to a single computer, It somehow can get anything anyone ever wants instantaneously within, like, a couple hours. Right. Right. Like, just the accent. Like, he was the blade that, like, cut straight through everything.
0: <laughs> they were, they were nuts. It was funny, like, sitting in the room with them when they would talk about some of the stuff. Cause I'd be like, what are you, like, how did y'all even, y'all are crazy. Y'all are crazy.
1: Very few times I, I come into contact with people who are just, like, just on another axis.
0: Yeah. Uh, the one from my class that was like that was, uh, I guess I shouldn't say his full name on the radio, but our valedictorian was a kid named Jason. And he used to have these really weird fights with authority that I would really enjoy because he was such a goody two-shoes, but he would do stuff like every day he put one extra button on his jacket. And finally one day the one of the principals stopped him and said he had too many buttons on his jacket and he needed to take them off. These are like like novelty buttons, like you know what I mean, like funny buttons. Yeah. And so he told him, he goes, No, I'm not going to do that. There's nothing in the dress code that says I can't wear buttons. The principal said, Well, I just told you to take them off, so now you have to. And he goes, I'm not going to do it. And so the guy was like, Are you really going to go to detention for buttons? Like, you're a valedictorian. And he's like, Are you really going to make me? <laughs> yeah. And so he made a, a flyer and made copies of it, thousands of copies of it, that said, uh, Wearing 17 buttons is a crime. Nice. The principal, the head principal of the school waived him from having the detention. The pieces of paper were everywhere in the hallway that day. And nobody would rat him out for making the copies. And they couldn't figure out how he got a thousand copies of it.
1: That's impressive.
0: Like a total waste of school resources, but I I stand by it. It was amazing. All right. So, look, we're going to jump out to a break. This is the first hour of our two-hour return to Conroe. Stay, stay tuned. We're going to do some station identification and then jump right back to another episode of Nerd Thug Radio.